0: So, Matagi wrestles all samurai, and the only thing I wrote down was, it's really interesting that neither one of these guys have shaved armpits.
1: Yep. (laughs) Slightly hairier than your average wrestler of the era. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, because you see a hairy chest sometimes, Yeah, but, like, you never see hairy armpits.
1: But usually when you get the hairy guys, it's like the war machine guys, you know? It's like the the hair as gimmick, almost. Yeah, definitely. Versus, like, just dudes who are just sort of like,
0: eh, I don't feel like it. Yeah, like you're Killian Danes. Right. You know, like it's part of it. But like no, these guys just have regular, like adult man underarm hair, which like most wrestlers don't have. You're that right. That is jarring. Yeah. It was kind of strange. I mean, that you're... was
2: why I was a little jarred by the beginning of it and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. yeah thank it,
0: you. It took <laughs> me a minute. It took me a minute. I was like, this is weird. And then I realized it was.
1: But like when you're El Samurai, when you're the dude with Samurai on your butt, and you have the cool like you know visor mask and all that stuff, like, you can kinda, like <laughs> there's other things to draw your eyes to. So with Motegi, he's just this guy that has hairy armpits and can do German suplexes. Like that's just kind of <laughs> <in> it.
0: <laughs> he's he's very good at German suplexes.
1: He is, and and bless him, but he did not make it long. And again, it's yeah. the one guy I can never remember the name of in this tournament.
0: Yeah, sorry. Shout out to Motegi. Yeah, he's still right around. <laughs> you up, were think... in it. You were in it. <laughs> yeah, Hello and welcome to another episode of WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce my friend Rachel Milman to the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Hey, dude. Hi. How are
2: you? I'm good. Cool. Finally, didn't have any weird personal crises this week. Congrats. At least not like like maybe existentially, but like that's constant. <laughs> um, how are you? Uh,
0: I'm sick. So, uh. I'm sorry if I seem very weird in this episode. I'm on a lot of cold medicine. I had a coffee way later than I had normally permit myself to drink coffee. I noticed you came in with an iced coffee yeah I <laughs> usually can't drink coffee after about two o'clock in the
2: afternoon so we'll see what happens I can but I try to cut myself off from that so I can maybe one day ascend to having a normal sleep schedule right that's what I mean I mean yeah. yes I
0: physically can but oh. I don't want to be awake no yet. I know people who like <laughs> physically
2: can't they what have like trained
0: themselves that much what, what happens to them oh they just like barf what <laughs> that's, i know was shaking his head like that's not a thing
2: <laughs> they're just like no my stomach doesn't want this right now it's not they have like very regimented eating schedule that is
0: a level of willpower that uh terrifies me Yeah, i don't like it yeah no no i just usually can't because i will be up all night but uh yeah but i did it for the good of the show uh i'm really excited about this one i'm i'm again i'm like a kind of a space cadet but uh I, at least while I was sticking back, got to watch a lot of really awesome wrestling. Yes. Uh, cause we have a guest here today to talk about, uh, something very wonderful with us. Alex Navarro is here from a giant bomb. Fan.
1: Hello. Thank you for having hi. me.
0: Hi. <laughs> hi, Thanks for coming. That, yeah. that,
1: that, that I can't drink coffee after two o'clock. That sounds like some Jack Dorsey shit. Like that sounds yeah, like I, know, like I have psycho. trained my psyche yeah. to some like weird, like my chakras are aligned in such a way that caffeine after three o'clock makes <laughs> me have to purge. Like, no, no, no one should live that way.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A, it's, it's a level of self-discipline mm. that uh, I think is like, against God. Yes. Like, that's not Agreed. Good. Yeah. It's like getting up to jog at like five in the morning like no that's humans aren't supposed to do that.
2: I wish Jack Dorsey could have trained himself to maybe wear long pants in a cave full of fucking mosquitoes.
0: I don't know who Jack Dorsey is, guys. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, Jack.
1: Literally Twitter, Twitter oh, Jack. Twitter Jack. Twitter the Jack. Jack. Did okay. you read
2: the thread where he talked about all about how he meditated and got bitten 117 times by mosquitoes? He fucking deserves it. And <laughs> also
1: promoted <laughs> tourism to Myanmar. I did. Yeah, see yes. That.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thread. Same thread. <laughs> I uh, saw him in his like uh, new age cult leader turtleneck talking <laughs> about his medita- meditation retreat in Myanmar, and I was like, "All right, fuck this guy." I'm glad he got attacked by mosquitoes. That makes me a lot. He happy tweeted
2: here. a photo of like. His Knee covered in bites, and everyone was like, Fuck you, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Good motherfucker. (laughs) Also, if you're doing a retreat for like 10 days to meditate, take off your fucking Apple Watch, you asshole.
1: (laughs) No, but my metrics. I have to. I'm only doing this for the metrics.
0: Anyway, Alex, what are we talking about
1: today? Uh, We are talking about a show that is very near and dear to my pro wrestling heart and also something that has haunted me throughout the years uh, (laughs) for a variety of reasons. And we are talking, of course, about the Super J Cup 94.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of intimidated to do this episode because this Super J Cup 94 has such a, like an outsized reputation in wrestling fandom. Like this is a, this is like the Citizen Kane of tape trading. It know? totally is. It's one yeah. of those
1: things that I, it, it was really, it was my inroad to Japanese pro wrestling in general. It was really? one of the first things I ever got on videotape to sort of like experience that whole scene for its, and you know, it's a great way to start, uh, especially yeah. in the 90s before a lot of bad shit happened to the people that were in that show. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into that. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it also has, like you said, this very outsized reputation. It's one of those things that like, you know, Meltzer talks up and has been talking up for damn near 20 years. Years at their almost thirty years at this point, Uh, it is. I mean, I think it's obviously not like the flashpoint where junior heavyweight wrestling started, but it was one of the big things that I think helped popularize it within like kind of the larger wrestling scene, just beyond kind of the the niche of 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 Japanese programs and. it is, it is an incredible thing that I, for reasons we'll get into later, sometimes have a very hard time watching nowadays.
0: Yeah, so when how did you kind of get your hands on it, or how did you hear about
1: it? Okay, so this is a very circuitous route that got me there, so just <laughs> bear with me for a second here. So I am a giant video game nerd. That is kind of the thing I have, I have made of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Around 1997 or so, uh, the first Nintendo 64 WCW video game came out. Okay. Uh, okay. WCW versus NWO World Tour. Nice. Uh, it is a very it was a great game. Uh, but one of the things they did in both of the the WCW games that came to N64 was they included a bunch of like rando wrestlers that were not you know like real characters necessarily, uh-huh. but they were all based on Japanese. Guys.
0: Oh, okay. So it'd
1: be like their move set and like sort of their costume, but the faces were changed did to they avoid have any like,
0: fake names. Yes, they did. What were there any good ones?
1: Uh. I'm trying to remember something like the, the second game they got real weird with it. It was like, you know, there was a dude named Dr. Frank who was literally just a Frankenstein character. There was a, <laughs> there was a guy, uh, I, I believe his name, there was Ming-Chi and Kim-Chi okay. uh, who were, a, you know, <laughs> a tag right. team of guys. <laughs> but the one that I kind of honed in on uh, was this dude they called Hannibal in that game. Okay. Uh, who was very directly based on Hayabusa.
2: Hell yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: and I just remember looking at this dude and be like, this guy looks like a weird murder ninja. I'm way into this. What is going on with this guy? And so I started looking him up online mm-hmm. and, and like I found a couple of forums and, you know, it was a lot of people just sort of talking about like FMW and, you know, like a lot of the indie promotions and other stuff going on in Japan, which I knew nothing about at yeah. that stage.
0: You just were like, cool mask.
1: Yeah. Cool ass what mask. That was yeah. all it took. Cool ass mask. Good flips. That was all yeah. I needed to get into it. Yeah. So I started posting on some of those forums. I was like, well, okay, what's the kind of stuff I should, you know, what's, get my feet wet? Uh, what, what should I get? First thing people started rattling off other than some, like, very basic deathmatch stuff was, like, Super J-Cup 94. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that everybody points to, one of the greatest wrestling shows of all time. Tons of talent. All kinds of guys you will love watching. Check yeah. it out. So I think I started looking around and I ended up on like high spots or one of those other, you know, like random, here's every fucking Japanese wrestling show (laughs) websites. Uh, Probably
2: high spots. Probably high spots (laughs) at that
1: era. And I I bought a VHS tape. I remember I bought a compilation deathmatch tape that had like a bunch of like Terry Funk and Mick Foley stuff on it. Oh,
0: we love Terry Funk. Yeah. We watched, uh, when we like were first starting the show, we did a Twitch stream and people sent us stuff to watch. And uh, it was Lance, right? It was Lance. Shout yeah. out to yeah. Lance. Shout out to Lance. Who sent us the Terry Funk, uh, exploding barbed wire timed death oh, match fucking awesome and a bunch of his songs too. and also yeah his <laughs> yeah. So yeah we got to do a terry funk episode eventually because we love him yeah. yeah
1: he is he is one of the all-time greats and also just god what a violent weirdo uh so i bought i bought a couple of those tapes and i bought super j cup 94 and i watched it like over and over and over and i was like 15 at the time and yeah. you know i didn't have a lot of free time so i just i watched that that tape repeatedly, and then went on to, like, get, like, the 95 ta- uh, show, mm-hmm. which was not nearly as good, and, you know, I kept, like, kind of chasing that dragon for a while, trying to find stuff that was, like, as good as that show, and didn't end up finding a whole lot. Like, it definitely got me into the scene, got me into Japanese wrestling, but that was always, like, oh, this is the thing. This is, like, yeah. the crown jewel of, of this stuff.
0: The gold standard, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, it, I feel like it's really hard to recapture sort of your first time seeing something new in wrestling in general, but it's especially hard if that first time seeing something new is something that is considered to be like one of the greatest nights totally. of wrestling, like of all time. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Cause so this is almost 25 years old now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm the sort of more veteran fan on the show, but I'm still a very recent fan of wrestling. And I, Try to go back and watch old stuff sometimes, um, you know, when people recommend stuff to me. But uh, it often, being viewed through modern eyes without the context of, like, the sort of formal nature of wrestling at that time, a lot of it doesn't hold up great. Yeah. And this is, this could happen tomorrow and be the best show of the year. Yeah. Yeah. it is completely timeless.
1: Yeah, Uh, The, the, the thing, and, you know, especially as someone, like, who was just kind of digging into it, very divorced from the context of the storylines and the rivalries that were going on at that time. There are certainly shows that just sort of like are hold up no matter what. You know, like there are certain matches that you you don't need to know the context. It just kills. Right. But yeah. But a lot of that stuff, it you, like you said, not having that context, it's hard to dig in. But this being a single night event, everything kind of self-contained within, and also just like the incredible array of talent in that show. Yeah. It's just like, it's a singular thing.
0: I really can't imagine what it must have been like to see this as an American wrestling fan. In, you know, like around the time when it happened, where like, you know, like junior wrestling, as you said, was not nearly as popular in America at that time. And most wrestling just doesn't, didn't look like this at, at that point. Like it really seems like this must have been, it must have seemed so different. And the fact that you have to like, order it from some weird website or yep. like get it transferred from some guy on a forum who's going <laughs> to send it to you. Like that must've just been so exciting to get your hands on it. You totally.
1: Know? Yeah. And you know, it was, like I said, it was a whole, like I knew who some of the people in that show were. Cause I was watching a lot of WCW at that time and they obviously had their cruiserweight division. Right. You know, like people like Eddie Guerrero were there and you know, Benoit and like other guys from that, Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. But you know, seeing them in this other, Space, this other pl- like this totally other place at different points in their career, uh, from where I had just sort of been introduced to them was like, was strange but also kind of wonderful,
0: yeah. So, seeing this now again, still very exciting, but you don't have to, uh, you know, write to some weird nerd on the internet and no. have them send it to you. You can just go to New Japan World and it's all on there. Which yep, is the very whole nice. thing is
1: up, which is great. Uh, and is- in our
2: case, you can uh, email your friend Alex and ask him to send you the specific links.
1: Wait, right, because their search <laughs> function sucks ass. Their search really
0: function bad. is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are very lazy. Thank you for just sending it all and being like, Happy here's round one, here's round two. We'll put that in our episode notes so you have hot links right to the matches. I was a little disappointed it wasn't just a whole thing straight through. Right. Just because like, you don't really get to see entrances and stuff. It's just kind of wild
2: that they don't have it as like one big thing.
0: You'd think like cuz they have this whole archive. I wonder this about why WWE doesn't do this either. Like, you have all of this old wrestling that is great, but it is really hard to sort through, particularly right. with New Japan when it's like the website's functionality is bad. But like, why not have like a blog or something where you have people pick their favorite matches and and link to them or something where you can be like cuz there's I know there's like a big New Japan. I can't remember who made it. Some somebody on Twitter who like if you said they're I
1: think it might be Mr. Lariato. Yes. yes. Yes.
0: Lariato made a a huge spreadsheet of like recommended matches in New Japan and it's awesome. But like New Japan should fucking pay him for that.
1: Like It's it's kind of a throwback to that old era of like how do I find the yeah. stuff? What is the stuff I should be looking through? Because like it is it is definitely not a thing where they go out of their way <laughs> to try and make it easy for people to yeah. find that stuff. And I think some of that is just them being on the internet in any meaningful way is still a fairly recent yes. development. Yeah,
2: that's true. 100%. Like, they don't have
1: an app. They, they they seem to barely understand how to make streaming work in a meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they definitely haven't gone to the trouble of licensing any of that old music. Nope. Uh, and they never <laughs> will. So, yeah. I, you know, I think for now, this is probably the best we're going to get.
0: Yeah, I feel like you can, if you're a wrestling promotion, outside of WWE, like, none of them really know how to be on the internet correctly. No. But you can go one of two ways. You can go the New Japan route where you don't license any of the music and you like cut out all the entrances and cut them up. Or you can go the CMLL uh, AAA route where you just don't give a fuck. And you're yep. like, here's... Leparka coming out to Thriller. Like, enjoy.
1: <laughs> Just that old ECW mentality of, well, until they sue us, we might right. as well keep doing it.
0: <laughs> Which, you know, I respect it.
1: I uh, kind of respect that one a lot more.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they also have, like, their technical production shit is a fucking nightmare also. So, yes. Like, yes, it's true. There's no... There's a
1: trade-off there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. There's no good way to do it. But... All the wrestling is on is on New Japan World, yes, and it is. Uh, and we watched it, and it was fucking
1: great. It was super good. It's it's really heartening to hear that because it again it's one of those things that like I've built up so much in my brain over the years that is sort of calcified as this you know this brilliant thing that is largely untouched right. by you know very much else in wrestling history. But I never am quite sure how people other people are going to react to it. One right. because of the Benoit factor, which is cannot be discounted, right. but two because it is. Junior heavyweight and cruiserweight wrestling has come so far Mm. in the twenty-five years since then. Like you go back and watch something like the cruiserweight classic, and it's like the the actual quality of wrestling and even like the first round of that show is probably just about as good as anything you'd see in you know any of the other like major tournaments in history. Yeah, and so people have come very accustomed to that. Right. So I'm never really quite sure like what the impact is going to be on someone who didn't see it in that era. So it's very heartening to hear that you (laughs) you all still really enjoyed it.
2: Oh, we loved it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure what to think going in, just because, like, it's held up as just, you know, this paragon mm-hmm. of, like, this is some of the best shit you can ever watch. But with that, and because, you know, wrestling Twitter has, like, nine layers of irony going at all times, there's people who are like, oh, yeah, you're watching, like, Super J. Like, oh, you're doing that? Mm. And it's like, okay, I don't actually know how this is going to be. But as usual, sincerity reigns supreme, and it <laughs> fucking kicked ass.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I so yeah, the you sent us all the links and it was like a little daunting because there's so many matches. Yeah. But all of these first round matches are like seven minutes long. And the uh, longest one is 1052, I think. Yeah. 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 And uh, they have every move
2: in them.
1: Totally. <laughs> These are dudes who are getting their shit in. This is their tight five. You know? Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, yeah. They are they are doing whatever they can to make sure that everyone gets to see their cool DDT before they shuffle off into the back.
0: Right. Yeah. This is this is your Letterman showcase set of wrestling. You're just like getting <laughs> it all in there. Uh and, and we were saying before, like there's varying degrees of success with this. Yes. Um, but it was a very fun sort of like greatest hit sampler platter of all of the dudes in this tournament, um, many of whom I had some sort of context for. Rachel, we just so we just did an episode on Eddie Guerrero. like right. pretty recently, yeah. So I knew I knew you knew Who Black, Black Tiger. Tiger was. Was there anybody else in this first round that you had any context for? Gato. Right. Baby, yes. Gato. baby Gato. Gato. Baby Gato. Baby <laughs> Gato. Like baby baby face Gato, too. So cute. <laughs> Adorable. I love his gear so much. If if his gear was sold as like a cohort two-piece set on Fashion Nova, I would buy it.
1: It's fantastic. <laughs> it's so
0: good. So yeah. the,
1: the wild thing about Gato at this stage of his career, and I barely remember this, so I'm not gonna be able to give like a lot of detail <laughs> on it, but his involvement in New Japan at that point. Was he was part of some? I don't remember if it was a stable or it was like a sub thing that they did. That was essentially a parody of WWF Rock and Wrestling.
0: Yeah, Wrestle and Romance.
1: Yeah. So I didn't really know what that was at all. But <laughs> I, apparently that was like the Tenru promotion that eventually turned into Wrestle Association R. Okay. Once they stopped being the parody. Right. <laughs> but when they when they stopped that, like that's when Jado and and, and Gato went over to uh, FMW. They started moving around. But they were they were essentially like comedy wrestlers at that point. I think.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Really- Realize that.
1: But like evil, you know, like Healy sort yeah. of comedy wrestlers, bad guy comedy wrestlers.
0: Yeah. So yeah. You, you saw you saw Baby Gato, Gato who like loved, and then also
2: uh, Sasuke. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. So One of my all time favorites. He
2: gets a bye, so he's not in the he first gets, round. He he's not in so the, the f- see first see him him round. That's right. But like for you, my wrestling journey has been like pretty unique because i saw sasuke at what like fourth ever live Rachel.
1: show <laughs> that's right We went to the janela show yeah, I yeah. Went to okay.
2: too so like i was like oh
0: i've seen this guy fight a garbage can before this
1: yep. is great
2: <laughs> yeah no
0: rachel's uh fourth and fifth shows fourth and fifth live wrestling shows had tanahashi suzuki uh great sasuke ishii she like, God. yeah, she is very, very
1: special. That is I'm a quite, quite a spread. <laughs> I'm a
0: brat. I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so you know, but in the first round, there's also a very, very young Takamichinoku. Yeah. Who, like, first
1: year, maybe second year.
0: Yeah, and he, he wrestles Eddie Guerrero, and that match is the most, like, does every single move. Totally. Like, they do fucking everything, and it's, like, seven minutes long. Eddie looks huge. Yeah.
2: He, he looks is
1: like, buff.
0: Well, no, he like, he's buff, right? But, like... But
1: he's also got some stockiness. It's the like, juniors, burly.
2: so he's, like... There's a couple guys in this that we found to be, like,
0: stout, I guess is the yeah. right word. It's, yeah, like, especially when they're, you know, when you're wrestling teeny-tiny... Baby Taka, like mm-hmm. he looks like a like a hoss or something. It's like he's five nine, like maybe, <laughs> and he just looks
1: like he's gonna murder him. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> like this guy clearly can't beat him. Like, yep. look at that guy. But yeah, yeah. he's also super buff. Uh, we love him. Yeah, big hunk. I was disappointed that um, Hayabusa got out in the first round. Yeah, I love Hayabusa.
1: Yeah, he's like like I said, he was one of the first guys that I latched onto from like that entire scene. He is a guy who I obsessively watched throughout like, you know, the majority of his career and that was like really my introduction was him versus Liger was like the first thing of his I ever really like actually saw and that you know, I was just like, that dude's whole presentation was just something that I, I was transfixed by.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the first time I've seen him, right? Yes. Yes. So, he's dead. He died in a, like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a freak accident, right? Well,
1: so he broke his neck in the ring uh, around circa, like, 2001, yeah. I think. <clears throat> and he was paralyzed. And for a long time, fuck, like, that ended his career. And yeah, I thought
0: I thought he died. Sorry. Well, he did No, 5%. he did die.
1: He did, but he, he died I thought fairly, he died in the ring. He, he died fairly recently, uh, so he he had gotten back to the point. Again, one thing we'll talk about a little bit at the show is that. It, the sort of haunted feel that is kind of attached to it in some Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. But so he he got back to the point where he was had learned to walk a little bit again.
2: Oh wait, did I see some sort of GIF of him getting out of it, the did. chair? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's that so was. That was like just I did a couple not of years know that ago. was him. Yeah, because they he got out of the chair and walked to the ring. Yeah. And then Aww. immediately died.
1: I uh, pretty soon after, <laughs> yeah. I think he had a fall and and that was that Fuck. was the end. Of it. He was like yeah. 48, I think. It's
0: really really tragic because he was awesome. He's so good. Everyone in the show,
2: like you said. Is still wrestling or dead? Yeah, yes.
1: there's, there's not no in between. It's either you, you had a long storied career, or the worst imaginable shit happened with you, or or to you, yeah,
0: or around yeah. you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah pretty cursed, but uh. But yeah, Hayabusa's great. This is um, we read the wiki page, and apparently this was his first match as that character in Japan, which is kind of interesting.
1: I think that is true. Yeah, because yeah. he had, he had like gone on excursion, like he he had been kind of kicking around as as Ozaki for a while, mm-hmm. and then he came in and it's just sort of like, okay, I'm doing this Falcon thing, and it, yeah, like that. That character is just like to me like one of the top three personalities in Japanese wrestling all time.
2: Imagine that being your debut. Who I know. Right? Where do you go from there?
1: <laughs> and you can see it in that match that like he's a little nervous. Like every, mm. one of the best things about the the first round of this is not the fuck ups in the in the way that like Bacha Mania sort of would look at it of like right. you know haha look at that. It's like the energy of that first round is so weird and intense that like you can tell everyone's like one trying to get their shit in, two trying to like dazzle this crowd that is the like I think this was the first all junior heavyweight like major show in Japan
0: yeah so they really have something to prove
1: yeah and so uh, you see it in him like like Hayabusa is like trying for some really crazy shit you know in a in the like nine minutes that they have and at the very end I think he has actually the best fuck up of the show where he misses that shooting star press <laughs> kind of like hits like chest first yep. and oh, then Tiger yeah just sits up looks around is like Okay, well, I guess I'm picking him up and powerbombing him. Yeah. <laughs> good recovery. Good bit.
0: Before we move on, I want to know who are your other two if you're going to go top three wrestling person, Japanese wrestling person.
1: Oh, like all time?
0: Or you said, you just said Hayabusa was like. In oh, your top yeah. Three. I
1: mean, I think for me, it's like Misawa and Kobashi. Like, yeah. those two dudes are just like legendary. I've, I've seen just about everything those guys did. And yeah, like, I just, those are the characters that I latched on to for like years and years and years.
0: Totally. Um,. Hayabusa, like, he's awesome. He's a really good wrestler. I, I've watched, like, other stuff he's in. But also, like, that is the coolest look. Like, yep. that is the fucking best mask I've ever seen. He is wearing, so he's wearing these um, boots that are, uh, like, hoofed. They're, yes. like, split. Uh, Margiela made those boots. Like, fashion house Margiela made those boots, like, five to ten years ago and they were super popular wow. like Hayabusa is fucking ahead of, he is a fashion <laughs> fashion icon <laughs> he is ahead of his time uh, I can't remember what the boots were called but th- they were like a big deal and like just combining that with like amazing mask like awesome cool silhouette of pants hoof boots
1: great like like entrance gear with like the big shoulder oh, thing like
0: the cape and then he starts this match against Liger. It's he's against Liger in this, yeah. right. Yeah. He starts the match against Liger in the cape. In and the he just kimono. goes after him,
1: like the second the bell rings, he's just gone. <laughs>
0: And it's, like, he's doing a fucking, like, flip to the outside in that cape, and it's just, like, the most striking image. Totally. so beautiful. I just love him. By
1: far the best match of the first round. Like, super striking. There's a lot of good stuff in that first round. It's all very short, but, you know, like, they kind of hit a cross-section of different styles. Like, you know, you have the dolphins and the Ligers in there. You have the guys that are a little more matte based Like, the Dean Malenko, who was, like, just some random indie guy at that point. Really? Like, Shinjiro Tani, like, in the first couple of years of his career. Like, just a good mix of... Of, of people that almost all blend together, there are a couple that maybe don't fit in super well. Negro Casas seems like he doesn't know what the hell yeah. he's doing there, but uh, just I don't know. It's just like it's a great roster.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I, I was like kind of bummed because I was looking forward to seeing Negro Casas because I know a lot of Lucha people like love him and are like you gotta watch negro Costas. he's the best and this is clearly just not his element and i'm sure yeah. there's other good stuff he's in but yeah this was not great but
1: the the inventational nature of it i think sort of made it all a little weirder too because like yeah. a lot of these guys hadn't necessarily worked together before you know like some of these guys rarely work together after that yeah. and just by nature of the different promotions and and people just kind of not intersecting at various points yeah but, uh, you know, where, where where it works, it works surprisingly well.
0: Yeah. The one other match in this round that I did want to talk about um, was the Otani versus Super Delphin yes match, which I really, really loved. I really liked that match. Um, it, you know, again, like you're getting this sort of this time capsule of this one show where you don't have a lot of... Um, you know particularly if you're like us or if you were getting this back in the day from somebody you don't necessarily know the storylines or, or who these people are and that Otani Delphin match is just like it's so obvious like Otani's a little motherfucker yep. and Delphin is a uh here a superhero with a beautiful perm, an
1: incredible fashion sense, <laughs>
0: amazing. It ah oh, my the mind. Final round in his like regular street clothes, incredible. Like I just I love him. We actually shout out to former guest uh, Excalibur of PWG told us uh, he loves Michinoku Pro and was like, you guys gotta watch Super Dolphin. He's a wrestling dolphin. He's so cool. He's so like, oh my good. God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just really really love that match. Is there anything else you want to? We got to talk about Ricky Fuji.
2: We, we definitely gotta talk
0: about Ricky Fuji. Oh my god. <laughs> Immediately, like, who is this babe? Yeah, we <laughs> I like he Ricky Fuji looks exactly how I want. If you were like mid early mid nineties wrestler hunk, I'd Ricky Fuji. Like the name Ricky Fuji, mm-hmm. absolutely yes. Hair, like his whole look. I paused the match and immediately
2: opened up Wikipedia. (laughs) And, like, his wiki photo of him now... Does not disappoint. He is dressed like he's a, still hot, yeah. He is dressed like a hot girl on Depop because he has weird <laughs> sunglasses on and like an orange t shirt. And like I learned, he's in a band with
0: Great Sasuke. Uh, yes, yeah. What are they called again? Oh yeah, Crazy Crew. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, he and Great Sasuke and somebody else are in a band called Crazy Crew, or at least they were. I uh, Ken so- forty five. Ken forty five. That's the other guy's name.
1: Yep, sweet. I want to say that his gimmick, at least at that stage, was very directly, hey, what if Shawn Michaels but Japan? Yeah. Like, that was that was the whole <laughs> premise of, of his character and his look. And it was sort of like, if Shawn Michaels became Shawn Michaels, but then so, kept dressing like rocker Shawn Michaels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, on his Wikipedia page, because I did the same thing, because I was just like, who is that? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and I looked him up, and it was like... Uh, he was immediately very popular, particularly with female fans. And yes. I was like, Well I No, get it. I he <laughs> popped
2: up. I went to his wiki and I was like, There's no way Kath isn't in love with him already.
0: <laughs> you know my type. I I love those deconstructed zubas.
2: Dirtbag
1: dirt glam rockers. Uh,
2: I, love I it. think he transcends your type though. Of yeah. just like no, there's we, something immediately like boom. We've about talked it. about it.
0: My actual type is cowboys. That's yeah. I like cowboys <laughs> and uh, big noses. Those are my things. Rachel knows to send me pictures of wrestlers if they have big noses or cowboy hats. So I'm just big Stan like not... Hansen
2: fan. love Stan Hansen. <laughs> love Stan Hansen. <laughs> I'm just like not spitting out the name that would like embarrass you. <laughs>
0: there are, there are several we're
2: going <laughs> I love you. We'll keep I do. That to
0: ourselves. <laughs> so, moving into the second round, um, again, like these matches relatively short. Yeah. They're getting a little longer. So there's four rounds total. So, all these people have wrestled Already, except for quote unquote Wild Pegasus, Mm -hmm. aka Chris Benoit, and uh, Great Sasuke. And uh, the first thing I watched from this round was uh, Wild Pegasus versus Black Tiger. And uh, it fucking slapped. It It slapped.
1: (laughs) Two dudes who clearly knew each other very well and were able to sort of like. Pull out something that was both familiar and like very fast paced. Like they, they 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 obviously knew where each other was going. Like it's good, just good chemistry. Yeah,
2: yeah, really and chemistry from like my perspective of like the first time watching this. Obviously, your f- first time watching it did not have as many strings attached. Yes, there was not really it. much weight
1: on top of this.
2: There's thing. there's two weights and they're both very heavy essentially. But I mean, I like so I internally canceled myself like midway through because I was like, <laughs> this is so good and just fuck
0: <laughs> yeah. this is, watching this one was when I started to kind of like feel the mortality of yeah. this event. I mean, like I, I knew ab- about like Hayabusa being, be, being paralyzed in the ring mm-hmm. and stuff like that in the first round, but watching these two guys who, who were killed by this industry, like yes. they were, uh, uh, you know, th- through very different circumstances, obviously. Um, but like, we we just did an episode on Eddie Guerrero and and his story is incredibly tragic and and so is Benoit's. I mean, you definitely feel much less sympathetic for him, but yeah. it's still a very tragic story. It's it's horrible. And watching them, you know, create this this magic, it's really hard to reconcile with what it did to them, you know. What, yeah. One of
1: the, the really fucked up things about the Benoit situation, which I think is understandable given the amount of distance between when it you know what, what took place and, and sort of like the way he has kind of been eithered by especially WWE history. Yeah, they have
0: erased him from history. More his or less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is that I think it is sometimes understol, undersold or just misunderstood just how beloved he was prior to that.
2: Yeah. Like, the crowd the, loves him.
1: The crowd loves him. He'd been in, in New Japan for I think about four years at that point. And uh, – uh, had you know was was definitely well known and well liked by the crowd. But even like going past this and going into WCW and like his run in WWE, you know, like he was perennially the underdog. He was always the character that like yeah he had the personality of a door. You know, like he had <laughs> he he looked like someone had dragged his face up and down the street yeah. for about <laughs> it's a solid six months. We'll Rachel say.
0: very politely was like. He should have worked under a mask.
1: Yeah, and he did. That's the thing. When he started out, he was originally Pegasus kid, and he had a mask on when he yeah, started doing
0: that. Yeah, he should have kept the mask. Yeah, but well,
2: because so- like, also, I mean, we know that he was on steroids. Like that's—I yes. don't think that's a faux pas to say. No, you can tell he is, even if everything else hadn't happened, because he has the features of a guy much smaller than him.
1: Yes, and
2: also kind of the head and the hair. It's not right.
1: It's it's more swollen than it is anything else. Yeah. Like, and yeah. But so, like you know, the thing that that sort of I don't know, like as someone who grew up watching a lot of Benoit yeah. and, and really enjoying, like you know, what that dude did in the industry, it's been
2: great caveat. Yes,
1: <laughs> what he did in the industry. The thing is, like, it, it's something that I've never fully reconciled. You know, yeah. this notion. How that, can like, you? I know it, it's it, it, I uh, you. It's hard to go back to a fandom for something that heinous, that that yeah. that grotesque. You know, like yeah. it's it's hard to look at a show like this where he is the central figure. He yeah. is he is you know the the dude of this show, and look at that and divorce that from the context of what you know took place afterward.
0: Right, and it's it's not even like you can't divorce it. It's it's, it's impossible. Well, it's also like morally irresponsible to yeah. divorce it because this isn't just like it's it, There's some analogy to be made by like you know like I really like Woody Allen movies right Right. so like how do I watch a Woody Allen movie knowing what he did but like Woody Alley Woody Woody Allen didn't do what he did because of the movies he made right (laughs) whereas like Chris Benoit obviously wrestling did not make him murder his family and then himself that that you can't make it that causal but like watching him in Super Jacob ninety four is why his brain was liquid yeah. And, and so, like, you're enjoying this thing that this very bad person did. But you're also enjoying the process that made him bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, like, it's, you can't divorce those no. things. And, and I don't think you necessarily should. And I think if you're going to watch his stuff, which I do, and I, I don't, I totally understand why some people don't want to watch anything yeah. he's in. I get that. I don't feel like that is necessary. But I do think you have to you have to think about the fact that like we are watching something that destroys people who do it. Yeah. And you know, we've said on the show before wrestling is a death call. Yep. That is what it is. It is like, it is a, uh, celebration of, uh, the fact that we are all going to die. Yes. <laughs> and that is something that is very cool about it. And I think can be very transcendent about it, but also like, That's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And on this show, too, we've
2: kind of even praised it in a weird way with, like, Daniel Bryan of, like, you know what? He wants to die in ring, and that's kind of romantic. But also, it's not. Right. Yep. It's
1: just it's just wildly irresponsible, is what it is.
2: Irresponsible is the correct wor- word, but like for me, irresponsible is like you know walking home without a coat on, drunk mm-hmm. in winter, and then there's like irresponsible. Like there's irresponsible,
1: <laughs> and then there's mortally irresponsible. Yeah.
2: Yes. Right. Mortally irresponsible. I think. Well, is yeah. I way. mean,
0: it's one thing if like you want to die in the ring and you're a wrestler and that's what you do. It's another if you. Uh, kill your family. Yes. Or like Daniel Bryan, like Daniel Bryan has a wife and a child. Like, is it, can you really say that it is like just his choice that this is what he's doing? Like, you know, it's not my choice and I don't know enough about wrestling to know whether that guy should wrestle or not. Like, I I think that like fans sometimes get a little too, uh, into being like, Oh, this person's too dangerous. Like, blah, blah, blah. like we don't know, but, but it's also like, Us, we like, we did a whole episode about Hiromu Takahashi. Right. And we talked on that episode about how he is like, he was like my favorite wrestler. And also, he was wildly unsafe. And then, like, three months later, he broke his neck. Yeah. So, less than three months later, I think. Yeah. And it's not like we like these people in spite of these things. We like these people because they do those things. Totally. And that's a really uh, problematic thing. And And I don't know how to. Be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's a thing that I have been trying to pick apart in to varying degrees the entire time I have been watching wrestling, especially as an adult. Yeah. Because a lot I, I I can my entire childhood experience with wrestling is pocked with garbage person after fucking dead person after garbage <laughs> dead person. Yeah. And you know like I one of the figures that I always point to like of what I loved in wrestling as a kid is the Ultimate Warrior. So, like, you know, when I was, like, an eight- or nine-year-old kid and, you know, I was first getting into wrestling, the Ultimate Warrior was, like, you know, the, the perfect character for me. Like, he was just, yeah, you know, this unhinged, colorful. loud id, you know, <laughs> like, just screaming around the ring, like, shaking the ropes, just, like, knocking dudes around. Like, no real, not no real wrestling talent to speak of, but, like, just colorful muscles. It was yeah. perfect.
2: So many people have come on the show and said that they loved Ultimate Warrior and they yeah. kid. Yeah.
1: As a ch- he's perfect for a child, you know, yeah. like that was that was exactly who he was aimed at. Yeah. And as I got older and started to realize, one, he was a terrible wrestler. You know, <laughs> I kind of gravitated away from him. But then as I got a little bit older, on top of that, I got to the point where I was reading the internet enough to where I could see what that dude's actual viewpoints as a human being really right. were, and yep. that. Really retroactively made me kind of go through the whole memory bank of like, well, I have all these fond memories of you know him beating Hogan at WrestleMania six, and you know all this other stuff. Like, do I do I still need that? Do I still care about that? Right. Thankfully, for someone like him, he's really easy to abandon in a sense because the the actual quality of what he did was not that good. Right. He was essentially just a nostalgia piece in my brain. Mm-hmm. Someone like Benoit, who I can say I had real affection for, you know, when he was in the ring and he was doing the thing he was doing, that's a lot harder to unpack mm-hmm. because it's it's not something I can just throw away. Like I can't take something like this show and just throw it out of my brain. And be like, well, I'll just never care about that again because right. it was it was like incredibly vital to me getting into this entire scene of wrestling right. that I've been watching for like twenty years now. Yeah. And it's fucked and I don't know what to do with that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't think anybody does. I think everybody kind of has to come to their own their own personal uh like line of what they're comfortable with and I think it's different for everybody and I think that uh you you can't like judge anybody else for what their line is necessarily right. cuz it like it ultimately doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't nothing changes in 2018, if you watch Chris Benoit do a diving headbutt in 1994. Like, the things that have happened have happened. I think that you... Like, I don't know. I think there's, like, kind of a... So you talked about the show as being, like, it's an incredible show. Um, The wrestling is amazing. It was incredibly influential to a generation of fans and also a generation of wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Um, That influence, that style influence is physically very destructive to the people that wrestle like this. So now when you see people do this stuff, which like, granted, thankfully most people don't do a diving headbutt now. Yeah. And but if they like, do, they,
1: they, they let up a lot.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's not the same, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that like this reliance on, uh, like moves as mm-hmm. the thing that makes a match good is, like, maybe something we should be reconsidering as a fandom, is, like, maybe, like, doing all of this crazy athletic shit. It's, like, it's awesome, it's really cool, but... I guess, I guess what I'm saying is Jim Cornette is right. <laughs> that's
1: what I'm not saying. I that. cannot go I that's that is a bridge that I cannot cross with you. I wish you well on your journey. Uh, but yeah, no it, I'm it, not really
0: saying that. It, but like, yeah, I don't it, know. It is
1: something I think about when like, you know, something like a Shibata situation happens, right. you know? Like I love that dude, but also every time he did one of those headbutts, like every alarm bell went off in my brain yeah. of like And they were correct. And they were th- those alarms were 100% correct. And, you know, like you said, you mentioned Hiromu. Like, Hiromu was a dude that I liked a lot, but every time I watched him, I was like, there were at least two moves per match, and I'm like, that could have gone real wrong, yeah. real bad. Yeah. And then it did.
2: And then it did, and it it... All We're all relieved does. that it didn't go as bad as we thought yes, it would. Right.
1: It's not career ending. It's not deadly. Yeah. You know? But like, God. Holy shit. Like, God, did he get close.
0: I want to give a special shout out to Hiromu's shirt right now. His most recent one with oh my the God. fetus. The fetus shirt. Okay. Oh, I haven't
1: seen that. I want
0: it. It's a drawing of him <laughs> as a fetus, and it says, I can do it. And, <laughs> it's, blue, <laughs> and wow. it's blue. And it's blue. And it on the placement on the shirt is as if you are pregnant with Hiromu. <laughs> it's really good.
1: I don't, I'm, I'm going to have to unpack that a little bit before I go looking for it. <laughs> we'll but that set. is, it's,
0: it's beautiful. It's I great. love it. That is some art. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> some art. But like, yeah, I mean, like there, he does all these things and it's like, they, it does go bad eventually. Like statistically it, it will go bad. These people wrestle so much. Like it, you can't just defy the odds for forever and, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the but safest ha- workers still split their eyebrow open all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. Hayabusa paralyzed himself just tripping on. He wasn't doing anything super flashy. He just slipped off
1: a middle rope. Yeah. That was it.
0: He slipped off a middle rope. Misawa fucking...
1: He just landed on his head.
0: But, yeah, one time and died. And it just,
1: that was the end of it.
0: Like, you you never know. But uh, it's interesting because, like, we're talking about all of this, and it does seem to kind of be a little bit luck of the draw, a little bit odds, because... Uh, the other person who sort of emerges as the main figure in this is Great Sasuke, yes. who's still working. Who Rachel and I saw fight a trash can.
1: <laughs> <just like laughs> that is no way to describe Joey Janella. <laughs> oh
2: how no!
0: How how could I do
1: that? He no. tried
0: to do. He tried to do the thing where he puts the trash can on his head and die, and and uh, he failed. And, oh. uh, it was It was, it was like it felt like twenty minutes was, of him doing that. and it was like, yeah, it was very hallucinatory because it was like four in the morning and everyone was really drunk. <laughs> and like he was trying to do the thing with the trash can and he like couldn't get it to work. So he ended up just diving into the trash can from the top rope and then he sang a uh, Bon Jovi in the ring afterwards, wow. so. It was quite a time. And then we uh, avoided like a $125 Uber. Yeah. (laughs) Great night. That was a good time. (laughs) But yeah, this is Sasuke back in the day. Yep. uh, what what did you think of this? Slapped. Yeah, he's really good. Sorry right? to say slab again. In,
1: his whole run in this tournament is fantastic. Like, oh doesn't my! Doesn't have a bad match.
0: Again, the
2: audience is in love with him, and Kath pointed out to me that like he is not—he wasn't in New Japan.
1: No, he had—he had just started Michinoku Pro at that stage. I think that 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 league had existed for a year or two at that point. Mm-hmm. He was kind of king of the Indies for Japan. Like, oh,
2: he, okay. That that really helps.
1: Yeah, like he so would he's, show the, up. hes the
2: Matt Riddle of this. Yeah,
1: totally, he would show up <laughs> in like the major promotions from time to time, but like yeah. he was mostly known as the Michinoku guy like he I think he was in Toriumon and a couple of other like you know smaller leagues from there and there but like he was just a guy that was the main event at the smaller shows like in a whole bunch of different places
0: yeah that makes sense because yeah it was just interesting because this is the Super J Cup was a it was an invitational but it was put on by New Japan correct yes yeah so like the fact that from what I can hear of the crowd the guy that Gets the most audience response is Sasuke, who is not in New Japan. Totally, it's, like,
1: it's him and Liger. Like they yes. are the, the 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 stars of that show in terms of the crowd.
0: Uh, yeah, and him, and they're matched together.
1: Oh God, Ooh! so
2: good. His land on his neck with Liger like was upsetting. Even yes. though like I know he's fine, and as far as I like, I don't know what we know about him isn't too terrible. Yeah. He's just really good at breaking his skull. He's, um. he's
1: ricochet like in his ability to sort of shift his weight and his gravity in a way yeah. that it feels like he never really lands that wrong. Like even when he lands on his butt, it seems like he kind of has some like just something about him in the way that he moves. He's able to mostly avoid really mortal-looking injuries. There's
2: yeah. there's one where he lands, and he's going out of his way to sell an arm injury, Yeah, but he landed, like, at a 45-degree angle on his neck, and it, yes. it's just, it's, like,
1: it's... You could see that going super wrong, like, yeah. an inch or two in the wrong direction.
0: But, yeah, he's somebody who, like, he's so unbelievably light on his feet, and, like, balletic and uh you know like the the type of wrestling that he does here is to me like what you think of when you think of junior heavyweight wrestling totally like you have and and it's it's like sort of two sides of the same coin i think that like a lot of people when they think of cruiserweight stuff think of uh lucha Lucha certainly and lucha kind of has both of these things too where like that match with him and liger i think has like everything you think of it has these crazy submissions for the first half, which are, like, awesome. They're and, really
2: Grammy. I like them a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's a couple other matches in this that have some really good submissions, too. But but that, like, the first half is all that, and then the second half is all crazy fucking flips and stuff. And, you know, like, Sasuke's special is, like, iconically amazing. Like, he does a fucking, like, backhand spring out of the mm-hmm. ring, and then it's amazing. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I can't imagine, like you know like you said he's like ricochet like mm-hmm. I can't imagine seeing this before there was a ricochet before there was like 90 ricochets which there yep. are now you know <laughs> like super like ninety ninety four. there are not a lot of ricochets and,
1: but the, yeah these days everyone has a Kenny Omega knee everyone does like a ricochet flip yep. you know that is that is just the the way of things the but yeah and like and even like watching WCW at that stage where they were bringing out the cruiserweights and they did have all these different luchadors that were you know mostly the undercard but were still working together and right. doing you know a decent Americanized televised version of that sort of lucha style there was still shit in that show that i never saw on american television stuff that like nobody in the the u.s market had quite figured out how to transcribe into something that was like you know normal for american wrestling
0: yeah well like when we did the eddie guerrero episode we talked a lot about the um eddie guerrero Rey mysterio match from halloween havoc 97 which like we were talking about sort of as like taking this sort of tradition of light heavyweight wrestling and Americanizing it and making it pay-per-viewable in, in a way that like it seems it it, again, like super Jacob, like Mm -hmm. really holds up in a way that a lot of stuff from that time period does not Yes. And it is like, I don't know. Wrestling is so interesting because it does in some ways transcend culture. Um, You know, like we watch so much international wrestling and like, particularly Japanese wrestling and like I don't know anything about Japanese culture like more than your average American person does and I still feel like I can basically understand what's going on yep but but there there is cultural context for it that like when you haven't watched a lot of it from a different country or, or from some other context like it takes a while for your your eye to adjust and I think it's the the things that make that true are so intangible. It makes sense that it took a kind of a while for it to like really
1: seep yeah. into
0: like the the culture here and everything. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as, as someone who was primarily raised on, you know, the americanized version of it and especially the televised version of it. Yes. Uh, you know, get diving into the Japanese scene was interesting because there's so much less flair. And, you know, pomp and circumstance around both the characters and the matches, you know, like they don't like they're not playing to the cameras, they're not, yeah. uh, they're not even really playing to the crowd that much. Uh, they're mostly just totally fixated on each other. There it is it is about this heavy hitting, it is about this sort of, you know, uh, th- these incredible athletic feats. Uh which for someone who is just very used to these very loud cartoonish characters sort of clotheslining one another, you know, for five minutes at a time. <laughs> and then yeah. drinking a beer. And then drinking a beer, yeah, like <laughs> it, it's, it, it was it was initially very jarring, but it was also incredibly exciting to yeah. me, you know, yeah. because I think that, for me at least, I was kind of willing to go with it and just kind of let whatever they were doing with those matches and that, that sort of style of wrestling, I just, just kind of let it happen and just sort of let, yeah. like, just follow it on its own terms. And so, you know, as I started to get deeper into it, started watching more like All Japan and kind of getting into some of the Joshi stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I would certainly just, you know, granted, Wikipedia didn't really exist at that point. So, like, my my context was reading forums and, and kind of getting... Context from people who were sort of like transcribing, okay, well this person hates this person because this happened and there was this tidal right. rain at one point and you know, kinda of mm-hmm. trying to trying to draw the lines like fucking Charlie and it's always sunny, like trying to like piece together how all these people were interacting <laughs> with yeah. each other, how they all knew each other.
2: <laughs> I really like that you would put like apparently forums were kinder than wrestling Twitter is.
1: <laughs> oh, the old forums they're
2: pretty bad, I think. <laughs> I mean they
1: they could be really bad, but there was also this notion of it's it's We got t- one? What's that?
2: Of we got one more, basically when yeah. they're trying. Yeah, <laughs> it was
1: we got one, but it was also yeah, it was very much like that old video games notion too of like, hey, we are this weird niche hobby, and when someone finds it. We want them to have the best time possible. Yeah. So there were certainly assholes in those communities, and I, I ran afoul of them a couple of times. But like, <laughs> lots of people were just sort of like, "Okay, cool. Here's here's everything from 1995 that you want to find tapes of. Yeah. Here's everything that you know featuring this wrestler. Here's like their 10 best matches. Here are the tapes they're on. That kind of stuff. Like people really going out of their way to catalog and sort of present that stuff to you know uh, uh, burgeoning weeaboos like myself.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's I love that. Kath and I noticed this when we read the Wikipedia page for this match. It is lovingly written... Oh, yeah. ...by a huge nerd.
1: (laughs) Wrestling Wikipedia, especially, like, the stuff around Japan and, like, the biggest, like, Mexican promotion stuff, like, whoever those editors are, they... Passionate. They they wanted to write a book at some point, couldn't find a way to do it, so this is what they did instead. They should
2: be getting paid, honestly. Like, it's... The the way everything is written out and just, like, in... Like, they would have gone into more detail, but Wikipedia probably didn't let them. (laughs) And it is, like, so... Loving towards yes. this specific thing that I just—this is a person who is so so passionate about this, <laughs> and probably hates this the show. The Venn
1: diagram <laughs> of the Venn diagram of super nerd wrestling fans and detailed statistics nerds is almost a circle.
2: Yeah, totally. That's called Dave Meltzer. <laughs> yeah, kind of like it is a
1: lot of people who who grew up reading nothing but Meltzer and wanting to do their own version of that.
0: Yup. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so interesting because I do. I find that such a a uh, foreign way to approach it like sure. the idea of um because the Wikipedia page that Rachel's talking about for super j cab it's a um rundown of every move basically Pretty it's much. like it's like okay uh this match opens with an arm bar into uh a German suplex into like it's it's a list of all those moves and that's just like it's so' counter to how I experience watching wrestling.
1: It's like they're memorizing play by play.
0: Yeah, it's like play by play. And and you know, there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just so un, it's so strange to me. It's so I can't wrap my head around how you would watch this and think about it in that way. But I I guess if you do think about it in that way, Super Jacob 94 is going to be your thing because it has every move in the world. Yes. (laughs) And and, and all
1: condensed in about two and a half hours. too. It's really amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a move encyclopedia, especially like looking back on it now where the generation of wrestlers that are sort of prominent now – all watch this like all they all watch this when they were kids like so they are totally (laughs) ripping off all of these moves not in a bad way you got it that's you know nothing no i mean like 90% stealing everyone everyone knows
2: that
0: yeah but uh it's it's just so strange to me i i never think about that stuff and then i remember the first time i thought about it i did um right when we started this podcast i did uh keep it 2000 which was a podcast with uh Brian Mann and I can't remember the other guy's name. Sorry, other guy. Uh, <laughs> watching old like WCW stuff, and they would summarize what we had watched, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like I go through that now sometimes. Like I, it took
2: me. For the first couple months when we did this whenever you said Death Valley driver I was like uh-huh I definitely know what that is and like yeah like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I know I know more of the move names yeah. and stuff than you do I'm start that's that's the part that I actually have like the most trouble with but it makes sense because when I was when I was in a like elementary and middle school band I knew the notes on the page by sight, but if you asked me to be like, is that an E flat? I right, would be like, would I don't know. know. I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> so you- like the move name like I there's a connection there of like this is what you cannot grasp and you're going mm-hmm. to live and it'll
0: be fine. <laughs> I find I do find that like if you're bored and you are interested, Wikipedia pages are pretty good for that stuff. Like where it'll it'll be like a whole page on wrestling throws, and it'll like show you all the different throws. The, and like
1: the Wikipedia page on suplexes yes. alone, and all <laughs> it's possible <like> variants. <laughs> Fifty therein. pages
2: long. I know that was actually. I have to say, the German suplex, I think, is the first move I memorized, just because it's so visually dynamic. Yep. And also, there's a lot of Germans in this too. There is. There's yeah. some beautiful
1: Germans. <laughs> that in was this. that was the era when German suplexes were finishers. You know, like yeah. it was like that. That was when when people were busting that out as like you know, kind of a flourish on top of that. That's their finisher. Yeah. Yeah. Now these days, it's basically a transition move.
0: It's so crazy. Like, uh, I remember I asked one time on our Twitter because I was thinking about I it started because I was thinking about, like, you know what I love? I love a good European uppercut. I yes. love when somebody does
1: a good European Cesaro uppercut. Cesaro style. Like, oh, just, just land that shit. Oh.
0: Rachel's shrugging. European <laughs> uppercut is when they go, and they, like, thank you it. with their forearm. Actually, yeah. I have to give credit to that one because that was what I assumed,
2: but I was like, I'm not sure, and it turned yeah. into the shruggy emoticon guy.
1: Jr. <laughs> 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 has a good one.
0: Yes, he, he does. does you're right. Cesaro has a great one. Um, but I was like, I just asked Twitter, like, what are your favorite, like, not big, what are your favorite moves that are like never finishers, just like basic moves? Like I love like a deep arm drag and like European uppercut. And people were saying stuff like German suplexes. And I was like, that doesn't, that shouldn't count as this. Like that's, Charlotte made Oscar tap with that at WrestleMania. That's not, you can't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not right. It's not right. It ain't right. Make it simple again. But, uh, but yeah, even in this super flashy, very move heavy thing, German suplexes, still yep. a goddamn finisher as it should be. Yep. Just like, yeah, it's so cool with the bridge and everything. It's yeah. so cool.
2: gorgeous to look at. It's like, you basically, like, you're putting yourself in a submission move. It rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was always a big fan of the dragon. The dragon suplex is the one that I always... Which I, one is that? So that's the one that's basically a full Nelson, and then they...
2: Yeah, they the back, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, uh, I like that uh, one. Tatsumi Fujinami
1: their... style, yeah. Like, I believe uh, Benoit almost finishes uh, Sasuke with one of those at one mm-hmm. point. Uh, mm-hmm. It is... is is. I don't know that. That to me, like that is like when I see that, it's like it's this weird sort of like ASMR thing of like yep. weird tingles in my brain when someone nails one of those right. I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> probably raw. Like I probably need to see a psychiatrist about that. But it's just, it's just. Ugh. <laughs>
0: no, it's just the thing that makes your
1: brain ping. Yep.
0: Yeah. So we talked a little bit about uh, Liger versus Sasuke. Sasuke wins. Uh, Wild Pegasus, which by the way is such a dumb name. Oh yeah. Why is he called that?
1: I, there was definitely a period where some of the uh, the Western dudes were getting like just real goofy gimmicks uh, <laughs> when they would go over to Japan. It
0: took me a minute
2: to realize that he had ho- like the horses on the front of his thighs. It's not
1: even particularly well airbrushed, even for like the tights of that era. Like it felt it, it, the whole presentation's a little cheap.
2: The first half of what I'm about to say is a pretty cursed sentence, but uh, credit to Benoit pause yes. for wearing all white in the ring that's yes. a choice it is what, why <laughs> just like i don't know there's so much you could get blood on it like there's we, nowhere to hide there's, there's nowhere, nowhere to hide <laughs>
0: exactly that's way to put it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> anyway whatever whatever yeah it's
0: it's it shows a lot um yeah. but yeah so benoit beats uh beats gato Baby Gato, R.I.P.
1: He's uh so cute. He makes it pretty deep into that tournament. He and he, does. Ma- he, made yeah, it, he He made does. it to the finals in the 95 one. So, you know, Gato had a good run in the Super J.
0: Yeah. Not bad for uh, a comedy wrestler, he yep. said. so, And, you know, then he went on to... Uh, Eat every pin in New Japan for the last like four years. Yep. <laughs> and then ruin Okada. Yep. Yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, he was
1: also part of one of what is considered to be one of the greatest tag teams in Japanese wrestling. Oh, yeah, I was for, being for a long stretch of that. I was yeah. being
2: facetious <laughs> with Ruin Okada just because like Okada's psychological breakdown is very good to us. Oh, oh, I mean, psychological it's, breakdown. That, that is like one of
1: my favorite things going in wrestling right now. Is yeah. weird goofball dad Okada it's like so just uh, he's he's divorced from his belt. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He can only see it on weekends. Like he's having a, <laughs> he's having a bad time.
0: The best. I miss the Kool Aid. The best yeah. description that I've heard of him, and I can't remember who said this, but they were like Okada. It's like, it's like he was like in a gifted program, and then he got into the real world and realized yes. he wasn't that. Uh, Talented and special And now he's having A fucking breakdown
1: He's just sitting at home Like taking Myers-Briggs tests Like kind of trying to figure out Like where he fits In the world (laughs)
0: Yeah (laughs) Yeah It's like It's so fucking good We we should really do An episode just about Okada's like breakdown Because we haven't really Done that much of it On the show Let's do it It fucking rules Um, It's so
1: good It's Again it's one of the few Things in New Japan Right now that I think Has just been consistently Great the whole way Through the last year He's so
2: close With the Myers-Briggs They all just need to do Their astrological charts Yep
0: Yep yeah, that's yep. like one of the projects of the show is finding out uh, r- our wrestler guest birth time so we can do their astrological charts. We're gonna I mean, try. I c-
1: Kenny does a top ten list for us every year. I could ask. Can him you for... ask
0: him his birth time for us?
1: Yeah, sure. Can I'll ask him. That's yeah. I'll, 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 see, I'll, I'll see. I'll put in that ask. Okay.
0: Thanks. Really? Thank <laughs> you. Appreciate it. Um, Gato and Giotto, his partner, like they were a really, really accomplished junior tag team before yeah. he became a uh, dude who eats every pin and and. Can't see out of his bandana. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) One of the great dirtbag tag teams of all time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, you know they're still getting to be dirtbags. Yeah. Jado's hitting everybody. I mean, like I I Gato is like brings
2: joy to me all the time. Every time (laughs) I see him,
0: but just I like when he says, "Oh shit." He's about to get like power bombed or something. He goes, "Oh shit!" I,
2: you know, he's got like so much baby fat in this in his cheeks, and it keeps him looking young.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's aged very, very well. He looks thirty-three. Yeah, he's almost fifty. Yeah, he looks really good. Dude takes
1: good care of himself.
0: Great, what moisturizer? (laughs) What moisturizer? Make the skincare routine, Gato. Gotta know. But yeah, so uh, Gato's out at this round, and so we get our finals are uh, Wild Pegasus versus Great Sasuke. That was the last thing we watched, and uh, it was fucking awesome. Goddamn. Like, I knew... It's always fascinating
2: to me when I'm watching stuff with a show, and I can see how long the match is on the bottom of the screen. Mm -hmm. And I know the outcome, and I still go into, like, verbally let out the... Oh my god, stop doing that whenever. <laughs> yeah. Ben Watt is something especially <laughs> fucked up to his head.
1: It's yeah. funny
0: like that is like my organic response is just to yell stop doing that. Like you're trying to time stop travel it. back
1: to 1994 and that moment be like, "Dude. Yeah. We know where this goes. <laughs> Fucking stop it."
0: Yeah. It's it's very upsetting. I mean, <laughs> it's some great wrestling, but uh goddamn. Like Yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a whole lot of don't do that in that match. Like there those really dudes is. are, I mean, it's, you know, it's the last match. they've been they've been wrestling for fucking, you know, they've each wrestled twice prior to that.
0: That's the other thing
2: is like that's it's fuck what? What, like, performance enhancements happened that night to get through this? I mean,
1: steroids for one, probably. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) What's Uh, your
0: pre-workout? Oh, a banana. (laughs) Like,
1: no, no. no. no, yeah. There's there's, there's not much medicine in the world to get that going.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm sure they're all totally hopped up on pain pills and speed and all kinds of shit. But, uh, yeah, three, they've wrestled three matches. Thankfully, they did set it up so the two guys in the final got a bye in the first round. So they didn't have to wrestle four times, but... When people talk about, like, sort of the relative dangers of wrestling, the two things they talk about are, like, moves, dangerous moves, and work schedule. Right. And both of those things can be – and it sort of – it seems very – I was going to say ideological, but that's not right because we're talking about – which wrestling promotion you like. So ideological Mm -hmm. is probably not the best word, but it's like, if you're a WWE fan, you talk about the terrible neck bumps in, in Japanese wrestling. Right. And you're a fan of Japanese wrestling. You talk about the horrible work schedule in WWE. Uh, turns out they're both really fucking bad. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I could say one is worse than the other, but yeah, I don't know. Falling on your neck that many times, at least the matches are short, I guess, like mostly like,
1: but in this one I mean this you know the finals match is the only one that goes above 15 and it's almost 20 minutes long yeah and you know which there is, is the
0: right amount of time for a main event thank you very much totally no more fucking 45 minute matches please okay. yeah anyway continue no you're,
1: you're totally right I think that is, it was perfect <laughs> but also like at the end of a night where they're all wrestled multiple times you know like the fact that they still have the energy to pull that out is pretty incredible in its own right absolutely but it's also you understand why they don't do a lot of these multi-match tournaments right. especially these days like like the WWE has all but abandoned them entirely outside of like, you know, like back to back NXT tapings here and there. Right. Uh, but like, you know, they don't do King of the Ring really much anymore. And that was always a multi-match thing. Uh, you don't see this much in even Japanese wrestling anymore. You know, you get the G1, which is a long stretch, but you know, it's, right. you're wrestling once a night. Yeah. They've only done five Super J Cups in the 25 years since this one.
0: Really? Yes. I didn't realize they'd only done five of them. And they'd
1: been like long stretches where they didn't do any. Like there was 94, 95. They didn't do another one until 2000. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a couple more and that's it. And I've never really understood entirely why that was. I assume some of it is just getting a bunch of guys to wrestle that many times in one night is not the easiest ask.
0: Yeah. But, um, But they've
1: also never hit that, that, that high watermark that that first show ever did. Like, right. n- never since have they they had a show that, that was that good.
2: I'm surprised there isn't more, especially considering the fates of so many in this, of, like, you know how everyone's like, says everyone who was in
1: Poltergeist
2: is cursed or whatever? Right. I'm surprised the mythos hasn't popped up around this. <laughs> because, I, I mean, carnies do love, like, superstition.
1: You're totally right. <laughs> and I my only theory as to why this show has not taken on that sort of... uh distinctly haunted quality within the context of the industry is that there's no show in the world that doesn't have at least some <laughs> tinge of that you know a really good especially point. from that era of wrestling yeah. yeah there are very few people who did not at least brush up against someone that had something tragic happen
2: right? that's a very very good point I was going to take it in the other direction
0: because it's usually like flirtations with tragedy or something sure. like that and then there was like the big thing right <laughs> I mean I, I this is like kind of an interesting time period because you have, like, through the history of wrestling, like, wrestling has never been, uh, you know, wrestlers have never had long lives. A no. lot of them have met incredibly tragic ends. Um, but sort of before this, before maybe, like, the mid-'80s, I guess, is, I you know, I don't know where you'd want to put this, put this sort of benchmark. But, like, wrestling used to be a lot less athletic. Right. It used to be much more of a show of, you know, clothesline, 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 leg drop, end of match. Yeah. You know, like... Which it still takes a lot out of you, but isn't Super Jacob 94. You know what yeah. I mean? So like for a long time, wrestling was that, which is comparatively much, much safer. And most of the problems that wrestlers had had to do more with their sort of out-of-ring activities, steroids, drug abuse, et cetera. Then you get into sort of this period where it becomes much more athletic, much more physically demanding. They're still doing drugs. They're still mm-hmm. doing steroids. But the change in style we haven't learned the consequences that come from that yet. We don't know about CTE. We don't know about, you know, we haven't done scans of Chris Benoit's brain yet. So, like, there's a whole generation of wrestlers that were so injured and hurt by working the style without understanding the consequences of it. And wrestling is still incredibly dangerous, and, you know, there's still, I'm sure, lots of substance abuse and other lifestyle things that make it incredibly dangerous to this day but I feel like at least when people are doing you know a diving headbutt or whatever as as Alex said they're doing it in a much more worked style but they're also making sure it counts it's not like they're doing it in the first round right
1: it's not it's not their first high flying move and then they're doing it three more times throughout the match you know
0: exactly every time it just it (laughs) looks well it also just looks fucking
2: like what is that it looks insane what is that doing for you that looks like it hurts you (laughs) way
1: Way more more. way more because the
2: other guy can just go like that and lean out and you just
1: just, to the like the the peck usually right
0: It's not, it's,
2: it's, it's not,
0: you I don't can't, need to do it. I'm
2: doing a call out on Chris
0: Benoit for this. Chris Benoit, you're problematic. <laughs> you are canceled. You heard it here first. Chris so, Benoit maybe has some problems.
1: The the one thing I will say, and I, you know, I, I would, I would not apply this, you know, universally. Cause there's certainly plenty of people out there who are still like, you know, redlining their careers and trying oh, to absolutely. to do the most at all times. But the thing I, I've gathered from the few times I've talked to wrestlers that are currently working in, like, WWE and other, other you know, major promotions is that I get the sense that they actually learned some lessons from yeah. that generation yeah. of wrestlers. And, That's and what I'm hoping. And just the fucking, the, the nonstop parade of tragedy that kind of went along with it. Like, I feel like most of them respected the work, loved what they did, and were personally very hurt by, you know, the realities of what ended up happening to a lot of those superstars. Yeah. So they're trying not to necessarily emulate those lifestyles, and they're trying not to sort of, you know, to necessarily go at the, their wrestling careers with a, in a similar way, because they, they've seen what happens.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like most wrestlers now are like, Vegan video game nerds. They kind of are. Yeah, quite as. They're not living. Super, they're the people uh, like me who
1: were tape trading twenty years ago. <laughs> exactly. And we're watching this stuff and be like, oh, this is awesome. And then constantly <laughs> having to sit there and go, oh yeah, but they're dead. They're dead. They're the based right. on who I'm, that, I'm guessing yeah. you
2: talk to. That makes a lot of sense to me. And that's yeah. all I'll say about that. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm uh, yep, Yep. <laughs> I, yeah I mean I'm ho- I'm hoping people learn from this and uh, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do a shoot headbutt at least make sure it's in the main event with Okada if you're gonna you know go into a coma afterwards,
1: you don't have to <laughs> lean into it all the way it, yeah. like, like yeah. give me give me 30% of that headbutt and I'm still gonna clap
0: absolutely I don't
1: need the full contact I don't need it
0: I 100% <laughs> agree. look I
2: flip out for a boy with a feather next to a man with a large fan like totally it's
1: fine <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> i I've I have no idea what that is referring. to. Dalton. <laughs> oh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> I was like a boy with a. Fe- it's Will also feather and more a
1: giant collection of feathers. But no. yes,
2: <laughs> a boy with a feather is probably also Will Osprey. I was, I was yeah. just like
0: trying to. Fe- I was like, is this a riddle? Like, I don't understand what she's talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, I feel like we've uh, we've reached the end of Super J Cup ninety four. We have. Is there anything else anyone would like to leave us on, except uh, apart from? Don't do a full shoot headbutt, please.
1: Yes. Please. Don't scramble your brains for your your wrestling career. (laughs) It's
0: really not that important. I I will
1: say that there was a certain cathartic quality because I I have not gone back and really watched this show beginning to end in probably 10 years or more. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was something that I used to watch all the time and then. As the the Benoit thing took shape, you know, I kind of sort of hit a point where, like, I would try to go back to it and be like, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can actually sit here and watch this again. Yeah. And so to have, like, an actual reason to sit there and kind of, you know, like, say, like, okay, I'm just going to endure the fact that this is uncomfortable. This is a thing that right. I don't necessarily know how I feel about yet. And to sit there and watch it and be able to kind of, like, take back in sort of the things that I appreciated while also recognizing that there are just some deeply fucked up things that will always be attached to this show. It was kind of a cathartic thing for me.
0: Good.
2: Good. Yeah. Yeah, And when I spoke to you very early on at the beginning of the show about if you'd like to come on, Mm -hmm. and you mentioned this as one of two topics, and I was like, I want to do this. I know I don't have the nuance and appreciation to do it now, maybe down the road. And then scheduling, the scheduling difficulties happened, but I'm glad it happened now. And, like, I'm especially glad that I went with my gut of, like, I don't...
1: I, You're not ready. I wasn't ready.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think that we did it at the right time. Because yeah. this is a good, like, year-end
0: wrap of, like, let's do it. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think... You know, the more wrestling you watch, the more you kind of become literate in it as a language, yes. as, a, as a narrative language. And, and I think that if we'd done this earlier, y- you may not have been at the point where you would have appreciated it. But also, you may not have been at the point where you would uh, still want to watch uh, wrestling. After seeing a guy who killed his family because he had such terrible brain damage to a diving headbutt, and now I think you're far enough in. I've ruined your life enough that you're still going to watch wrestling. Congratulations, so much for <laughs> ruining my life.
2: No, for real, for real. The other day, we were, Kath and I were joking around because we saw a Dave Meltzer's shirt, and you were like, "Oh, what if we buy this instead?" And I was like, "I was thinking about it." And her response was, "I've ruined your life. I'm so sorry."
1: oh God, hey, that's a that's a bridge even I can't cross. Yeah, it was
2: a really funny looking shirt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm so sorry. No, you're not. I'm We're having a great time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we hope you also had a great time. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash If you want uh, to hear some match commentary or bonus episodes, or uh, we have other stuff on there. Oh, episode We have episode a Discord. Notes. We have, yeah. So we have episode notes. Uh, all of the stuff we talk about in every episode goes up on there. And then we have a wonderful Discord where you can chat with other lovely wrestling fans about wrestling. It's and very nice.
2: I cannot give enough love to the Discord every week.
0: Yeah. They're so good. It's so much fun. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. I have a podcast called Lie, Cheat, and Steal and another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. Check those out. Uh, Rachel, what do you have to plug? Oh, uh, my dad and I finally completed a whole documentary.
2: If you want to check it out, and if you care about voting, rights and specifically gerrymandering in Pennsylvania. It's called Line in the Street and you can find it at lineinthestreet.com Alex
1: Yes. Where got? can
2: people hit you up?
1: Uh, I am on a website called giantbomb.com. It is a website about video games, ostensibly. <laughs> uh, we do a show called The Giant Beast Cast every week, uh, post every Friday morning, uh, where we talk about video games and also hour and a half long tangents about uh, our co-hosts' various eating and pooping habits. Uh, <laughs> that sounds
2: like our show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and
1: I'm on Twitter, Alex underscore Navarro. Uh, sometimes I tweet about wrestling. Sometimes I tweet about video games. Mostly I just tweet about whatever the fuck is in my brain at a given moment, so.
0: Hell yeah. Hell there yeah. I am. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. This yeah. is a great time. I agree. Uh we hope you also had fun. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.